Welcome to Coffee Pods, a 15-minute coffee-length look at one of the difficult issues around the Christian healing ministry. So plug yourself in, pick up your mug of coffee, and let's go. Welcome to the second in the Summer Coffee Pods series around the question of why on earth did Jesus do that? Today, we're going to look at the story of the Syrian woman found in Matthew 15, but the story is also found in Mark 7. And you might want to follow it uh, with me. But um, and I'm going to read both versions at the same time. Uh, Matthew 15 begins like this, verse 21. It says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And Mark 7, verse 24, says more or less the same thing. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. But Mark then adds that he entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. And actually, in my experience, when Jesus is in a life, you really can't keep it secret. In Matthew's gospel uh, in verse 22 it says a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out Lord son of David have mercy on me my daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession and of course that's the phrase that Bartimaeus will also use. Uh, Mark takes that same phrase in verse 25 of chapter 7 and says in fact as soon as she heard about him a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet and this is an incredibly proactive woman as soon as she heard that Jesus was there she went to find him. Matthew carries on the story in verse 23 that after she'd cried out uh, in verse 23 it says Jesus did not answer a word So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, of course, one of the interesting things about that is Jesus is answering the disciples. He's not answering the woman, although I guess she might have heard. But of course, um, in the New Testament Greek, there aren't any punctuation marks. So we don't know whether that was a statement or a question. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And so there's a, there's a, a little inflection there. But then the woman came and verse 25 and she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me, she said. And Mark adds at that point in verse 26 of chapter 7 that the woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And of course, as a good uh, biblical scholar, you would know that that meant that she was technically a Canaanite. So Matthew then picks up the story in verse 26 and Jesus replies to her, Lord, help me. He says, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. And, and that's the moment that you want to say, what on earth is Jesus doing? And you can imagine that the disciples hearing this now think, well, actually, we were right all along. You know, he's going to send her away. Uh, in fact, uh, the word that Jesus uses is the word for a domestic pet, not a wild dog. Um, and as Jesus says, it's not right to, to, to do that in Matthew's gospel, in Mark's gospel, in verse 27, he records it as, first let the children eat all they want, 
he told her, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. And, of course, it's a, it's a really, you know, stark thing. This woman's come desperately seeking help. And it appears that the disciples have tried to drive her away. And actually, it's interesting that the disciples try to drive quite a number of people away from Jesus. And perhaps at times the church, we may be guilty of doing the same. But also now it seems that one that Jesus didn't say anything initially, but now he does speak. It's not over hopeful. But then Matthew records in verse 27 that, yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Mark in verse 28 of chapter 7 has a very similar thing. It says, yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. It's at this point that something changes. In verse 28 of Matthew, it says, Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Mark records that same thing. Then he told her, For such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. Matthew ends the story by saying, And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Mark ends the narrative with the words, she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. So it's quite an interesting um, story. And, and it has this moment that you think isn't really very pastoral when Jesus is either silent and ignores her or when he does speak, it doesn't initially sound that it's a very hopeful thing. So the question you really want to ask is what is going on here in this story? Well, it's interesting that um, we're told that as soon as she heard that it was Jesus in Mark's gospel, she went to him. Um, and Matthew has, uh, although it doesn't record that, it, it, it does say that the Canaanite woman came to him and asking for help. Now, this is uh, Matthew chapter 15. But actually, if you go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, it says this, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease among the people. News about him spread over all Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralysed, and he healed them. It's interesting that news about Jesus had spread through the territory in which she lived. She'd already heard about him and knew that he'd actually healed people who were Gentiles, who were not strictly the lost sheep of Israel. So she knew that he was already doing this and I guess that's one of the reasons why she took courage and came and interrupted him again in, 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 as he was uh, trying to remain uh, uh, secluded in the house. So what is it about this story that then caused Jesus to have this confrontation, this engagement with this woman? Well, I think there are a number of things that are important uh, to, to, to bear in mind. I think particularly when you look at what's happening here uh, with her daughter and we're not told how the demon 
got uh, into her daughter. We're not told the circumstances uh, around it. Um, And we're not even told whether it was due to mum's uh, previous life or none of that. But one of the things that is interesting, particularly in the realm of some areas of of the demonic, is that sometimes um, when it's affecting children, the parents have an authority that they also need to exercise. It's a bit that the will of God gets done when the will of man and the will of God coincide, lay alongside one another. And maybe her part, her faith part, in seeing her daughter released is essential for it to actually take place and happen. But, of course, the other interesting thing that comes uh, along with this is something perhaps to do with her herself. As a Canaanite, it's very, uh, um, you know, culturally uh, uh, clear that the Canaanites were sort of regarded as second-class citizens. They were regarded as, as dogs, as, as, as the sort of the, the, the riffraff of, of the culture and society. Um, and, of course, one of the old things from the Old Testament narrative is that, of course, all the Canaanites were traditionally supposed to be wiped out from, uh, from Canaan as, as, uh, as it became the Promised Land. And, of course, one of the interesting things is there's almost a, an implication behind it that says, uh, you know, I wish you were dead. I wish you didn't exist. I wish you weren't here. And it seems to me in this exchange that Jesus is doing something more for her than just healing her daughter. How about this? When you ask the question, what on earth was Jesus doing? How about this? Perhaps that her part is important. She has a role to play, uh, a part of that legal spiritual role in seeing her daughter released. So let's, let's have that and put that on one side. But maybe in this exchange that Jesus is drawing her in, not pushing her away. The disciples want her to go. I don't think that Jesus is silent to push her away. I don't think what he says about, you know, you shouldn't take the bread and give it to the dogs. I don't think he's pushing her away. I think he's drawing her in. I think he's saying, come on, press through into this. Um, he will call her, of course, a, a woman of great faith. And I'll come to that just before I end. I think he is stirring up her faith and he's saying, come on, come on, come closer, come closer. Step over this title, this badge that you've been given, this badge that you're a dog, that you're second class, that God wouldn't want you. Come on, step over that and come closer to God. I think Jesus is drawing her in to a place of relationship and connection with God. I think it, rather than pushing her away, he's saying, come closer, come closer. And, you know, there are times when God appears to be silent. And it's not that he's ignoring us. It's that he is drawing us in. I had a lovely moment with my son when he was younger and I was downstairs and he was upstairs and I heard him shout. He says, Dad. And so I said, yes. 
And I could hear him come to the top of the stairs. He says, Dad! And I said, yes. And I could hear him come stamping downstairs and he came into the lounge. He said, Dad! And I said, yes. And then he came to the kitchen and he said, Dad, didn't you hear me calling? And I said, yes, I did, but I'm not a dog. And actually what I achieved was I actually drew my son into my presence. I think this is what Jesus is doing with this woman, not just physically, but in heart and in faith. And he's saying to her, don't look at yourself. Don't wear the badge of being a dog, of being disregarded, of being valueless to God. Understand who God really sees you as. Of course, the story has this wonderful end of her daughter being released. And isn't it lovely that Jesus doesn't even have to be in the room for his life and his power to come? Perhaps you want to hear that today. Even today, Jesus doesn't have to be in the room for his life and power to come and reach you. And then he ends up by commending her and saying uh, to her, uh, your daughter has been healed. You have great faith and again, you have great faith in me. Interesting, isn't it? When she goes back to the village, I wonder if you had a sick child in that village. Who would you get to pray for her? Probably somebody that Jesus had commended for having great faith. So why on earth is Jesus doing this? Well, I think what he's doing is he's drawing her closer and I want to encourage you today, um, why wear a badge, a name, a tag that God hasn't given you? He sees you as a value. And, you know, all the time, the disciples don't understand this. But Jesus is giving to this woman such an affirmation of who she is before the father. And the daughter is healed too. So maybe that's for you today, that as we just pray now, the Father will affirm who you are and don't wear a badge that isn't yours. Father, thank you that today you know us as a son and daughter of the kingdom. Father, thank you that today you're doing far more in our lives than we might necessarily first see. But Lord, thank you that you didn't even need to be there. And so today we pray over body and mind and heart to be healed and receive the healing of Jesus. And these things we ask together in his name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Coffee Pods today. We appreciate you giving us the time. If you've got any comments or questions, then please do let us have them at info at acornchristian.org. And we look forward to meeting you again.